Badass. Welcome to the Radiant Badass. If hashtag girl boss doesn't really do it for you, but you're not ready to pack it in, we have a place for you. I'm your host, Elizabeth Holmes. No, not the one that's on trial for defrauding investors, though. And I'm so glad you're here. Weirdly, I've had a couple of friends with younger kids ask me for parenting advice. I say weirdly because I've certainly never felt like I was doing a particularly good job, so I couldn't imagine a parent looking at me and saying, well, she looks like she's got something of value to share. Maybe I'll ask her. Maybe they assume since my kids have survived to their late teens and early 20s without public messes, I might know something on the topic. And to be honest, when they've asked, I just cackle a little bit and shake my head. I mean, I've been doing this job for 20 plus years, and many days I still have no idea what I'm doing. I'm winging it just as much as I did when I brought them home from the hospital. After that initial, oh no, I don't have anything to say, kind of crested, I did think that maybe there were a few things I'd learned during the evolution of my relationship with my kids that I could pass along and someone else might find them valuable. Not really advice per se. Advice feels like a you shall, and for sure my vibe is more of a you might want to think about this. Right out of the gate, I need to say that everyone is different. I know that's obvious, but that's part of what makes the concept of parenting advice kind of, I don't know, like arrogant. All I can say is this worked for me and my kid. There's a few foundational things to remember or know, and beyond that, it's a ton of experimentation figuring out what works for your situation. So I guess I'd say first, don't be afraid to experiment. I read so damn many parenting books. I mean, obviously, that's my favorite coping mechanism. And some helped and some didn't. And I took what I could from them and left what didn't. And I didn't feel too bad about it. There isn't one way to do things. One of the foundational things I learned that's related to this is that every kid is entirely their own person. Not just different, but their own whole-ass person from the very beginning. They have likes, dislikes, feelings, perceptions, all of it. And it's really important to remember that and very difficult to remember when you're in the thick of it. I was raised by parents who thought of their kids as mini-me's, and I know I'm not alone in that experience. I don't know if I'd describe it as like little employees that were supposed to follow company policy and subscribe to groupthink, and I guess a little bit, but that's not a great analogy. It was more like I was an extension of them, and it was impossible for my parents to truly comprehend that I wasn't them. And friends, that kind of parenting fucks a kid up for real. And here, I'll admit that I started down that parenting path myself. That was what was modeled for me, and I didn't investigate it much early in my parenting career. I had a lot of emphasis on fitting in and doing it right and getting into the right daycare, hitting the developmental milestones and making sure the kids were started early in extracurriculars. It's what you should do to make your kids successful. But here in my mind, I can hear those lines from The Breakfast Club where Emilio Estevez as Andrew is having his big moment. And channeling his dad, and he's like, Andrew, you gotta be number one. I won't tolerate any losers in this family. Your intensity is for shit. Win, win. And I think maybe there's a third win in there, but you get it. Once I started staying home with the kids, when my oldest was about fifth grade, it became clear to me that the pressure wasn't doing any of us any good. 
I was waking up to what wasn't working in my life, and this style of parenting was front and center as something that needed a drastic overhaul. Around this time, I read Dr. Shafali's The Conscious Parent, and that, along with my brand spanking new meditation practice, both helped me learn how to pause and to not parent from a place of reactivity, as well as see my kid for the individual that they were. Huge game changer. And it sounds super hippie to me when I say it, but I cannot emphasize enough that this was an inflection point for my relationship with my kids. As I practiced moving past my ego in the moment to respond how I really wanted to respond, and in a way that honored my kids as people, and then everything started to change. My littles felt seen in a way that they hadn't before, and they started expanding into their own personalities, and they were more free to make their own mistakes. And there wasn't one box that they were required to fit into to be considered successful. I mean, all of us carry around so many fears for our kids. We want them to be happy. We want them to be pain-free. And we want them to be successful at everything they do. And that's not going to happen because they're humans. Now I'll give you a few practical tips. Make sleep a priority for everyone. I have no idea what the current thinking is on sleep training. When I had babies, I read Healthy Sleep Habits, Happy Baby, and I'll link that in the notes. It was a big help. We ended up with a couple of good sleepers after rough starts, and that allowed for the parents to also get some sleep, and we were all the better for it. Did we take shit from family and friends for being so protective of their sleep schedules? Oh, for sure we did. Every generation feels compelled to think new parents are doing it wrong and are being overprotective. But was I going to take parenting advice from a generation that thought it was okay to smoke and drink during pregnancy and didn't use child seats or seatbelts and really turned out an angry generation whose motto is likely, fuck around and find out? No, no, I was not. And guess what, guys? The kids are watching you. You are modeling how to be in the world and make sure you're proud of how you conduct yourself. I found that out when my kids told me the main reason they don't drink is that we, their parents, don't really drink. Like, imagine that. (laughs) I'd also encourage you to trust yourself, truly. Books can't really prepare you, but you can look around and find parents you admire and emulate them. Ask questions and be open to trying things in a way that you won't find in a book. I asked a lot of questions and did a lot of observing of interactions with parents I could see were having good results. I got curious. Sometimes I could ask, are the teen years tough? Yeah, full stop. They feel like an excruciatingly long breakup and everybody's feelings are getting hurt. But is there also absolute magic during the teen years? Yes. This leads to another observation I had about parenting pretty early on in this process. And it's the closest thing to real advice, I guess. And that's to think of parenting as riding the subway. You have to lean into the corners and you have to change up where you put your feet or you're going to fly across the subway car in a tight corner. You can't be rigid and don't be shy about hanging onto the safety bar when you need to. And honestly, sometimes you're going to have to change entire trains. Right now, I'm in the midst of changing trains with my kids as they move into the early years of launching the next chapter of their lives. It's weird for both of us. It requires a different kind of momming most of the time, but it's pretty marvelous. One thing I don't think I ever found in a book, but my pediatrician did try to tell me 
when I was freaking out about my toddler not eating enough or something. She said that whether you let your kid cry it out or sleep with you, whether it's a breast or formula, if you wear your baby or not, those aren't going to have the biggest impact on your kids. It's how you love your kids. It's how you show up, support, and see your kids. That's going to make a bigger difference than whether you get the order of introducing solid foods in the exact right order. Related to that is how happy you are with your life. That's going to have a tremendous impact on your kids. I'm sure that my kids have taught me way more than I've taught them. I try to practice remaining humble and not thinking I'm necessarily right or know more simply because I have more experience. Their perspective is so valuable. The resilience my kids demonstrate inspires me and encourages me to allow for pivots and plot twists and all manner of craziness. And I've learned how to graciously accept help. Sometimes. I see them grow and change, and I can see what's possible. And it's so good to be reminded of that. Sometimes a woman without kids is considering having kids and asks me about it, and I try to be as honest as possible. I say, Are you ready to have your heart just out there walking around without you, available to be crushed at any moment? Don't I make it sound enticing? But I'm not trying to recruit members. I'm trying to be honest because no one even hinted to me what it would feel like. On an upbeat note, I will say that being a mom is the most important work I do in this world. It was brilliant of me to create two smart, caring people who share my sense of humor And I got so lucky that these souls let me be their mom. They're so fucking funny. Now I'm getting a little sentimental, so I'll also say that they can be total little shits. There. That feels better. Thanks for listening. I'd love it if you'd subscribe to the podcast and leave me a solid review. If you want to take this to the next level, you can sign up for my newsletter at radiantbadass.com. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Radiant Badass. You know, I'd love to hear from you. And as always, thank you to my producer and coach, Chris Martin. Hit him up at curiosity.builders or Chris Martin Studios for your chance to work with him. This has been the Radiant Badass. I'm Elizabeth Holmes. See you next time.